young fella, do whatever it is your passion is as long as you can, as long as you can, because you can always do something else later in life, you know, and you may not even live to see tomorrow. You don't know that. But do you like this job you're doing? If you like it, if you're passionate about it, go ahead, do it. But if basketball is what it is, ride that out. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Live an Extraordinary Life. I am your host, Tim Bishop, and this podcast serves as a guide to help you to find what an extraordinary life is for yourself. And today's guest is someone that I met many, many years ago. His name is Jamar Diggs. He's a professional basketball player in France, and he's been playing professional basketball for nine years now. And he is joining us today to reflect on his journey and his career playing pro basketball overseas. All right, everyone. So today we are here with Jamar Diggs. Jamar's been playing professional basketball for many years now, born and raised in Minnesota, high school state champion, D1 college athlete, and uh, just a good dude. Uh, Jamar, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. It's about 9 p.m. over here in France, but doing good, ready to, ready to chat it up with you and see how things are. All right, good stuff. Well, do you want to give uh, us a little update on just kind of where you're at right now and uh, and what you're doing? Right now, I'm playing professional basketball in a city about an hour west of Paris called Rouen, France. So I've been playing professionally for the last nine years, and right now I'm here in France, and my job is to try to put a ball in, a, in the basket. So that's, <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do right now. Simplify the game, putting yep. the ball in the basket. <laughs> that's that. This is a pretty simple game when you look at it that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I love the backstory of how we met because, yeah. again, I was – how I don't know. You were in high school, so you were probably like, what, 17? See, what, I, that's, I, when, you, when I thought about it, when I really thought back about the first time, I think that was my – it might have been my senior year or, like, uh, it might have been my senior year, so I had to be 17. I had to be 16, 17. 17, yeah. Like okay. working mark, I don't know the specific year, but I know it had to be around that because that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so I was like ten years old, yeah. and uh, Jamar was my was my coach at the Mark Madsen basketball camp. Mark uh, Madsen, Mad Dog. He was big in the in the Minnesota community. Um, yeah. So I guess my first question for you was was kind of like what drew you into basketball at a, at a young age? I mean, you were playing at a pretty high level at a young age, DSL, and yep. you were working at camps, and it was just seemed to be a big part of your life from a young yeah, age. What was, what was it about it that, that kind of drew you in? I think, I think when I was, you know, really young, I don't have too much. My first memories of basketball was, you know, kind of – it was something that I could play at the park with my friends. You know, it was something that I could always, you know, when we went to the park, no matter – it was older kids, young, younger people, whatever. Everybody was playing basketball. And it was something that I kind of got some camaraderie with, playing with the guys. So at, a, at an early age, it was something that, you know, oh, it's cool that my even my uncle, my, my brothers, my, my cousins, they, they're all playing basketball. So it was something that I could join in with them. You know, being good or not, at the early age didn't matter. So it kind of drew me like they're all playing basketball. My family was playing basketball. So it was something that, that that's what really drew me early, early on in the early stages. And then as life happened, we'll probably get into that more and more, you know, your the, the, the focus on the game changes to what I want to get out of it or where I want it to take me. But early on, it was the fun. It was the, it was the just, I can play with my buddies. I can be with my, my dad can take me to the park and we can play, you know? And it was something that then on the, on the flip side, it was something that if nobody's there, something that I can start doing by myself. Now that's when I started getting older, started working on my game, started being an individual, something I could go to the gym and just close the doors and not have to worry about anything. It was my getaway. But I don't want to get into that right now. But in the beginning, it was just, you know, fun and things of that nature. So it was all good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how we all got introduced to sports in some way. Yeah. It's just like, this is just fun and this is something I can do with my friends. And so what was the, like, where was the turning point in there? Was it when you kind of hit your high school range when you started to realize that you were pretty solid player what was the it was not even until it was late it was a lot like a, a lot of people around me that you know told me I was a late bloomer as you say it was mm -hmm. for me was uh at an early age I said like fourth or fifth grade I played on a, a a pretty good um traveling basketball team you know AAU or summer basketball team with a lot of talented kids out of Minnesota I was on the team but I never played I was just like you know the 12th guy and I was around so many good players and I'd never played, but 
I felt like I was one of them because I was on the team. And it was, it was, it was something that, you know, I'm in practice and I'm just working hard. Like I'm going to be a great defender. Like that's my role. Like you're not going to score me. And I know if I can stop my buddy, who's the number one kid in the state, I'm pretty good. You know, even though I was the 12th man at the time, and maybe if I went to any other program, my trajectory would have been different, but being there, like I was kind of at the bottom of the pecking order. And for me, the turning board came actually in college, not even in high school, not even winning the state championship. Hmm. Because, you know, as a freshman, I went to the to De La Salle, which is a pretty good power powerhouse of a school in, a, in the Minnesota. My buddies are freshmen playing on varsity, those same guys that are on my team, but not me. I'm on the freshman team. You know, right. and I started seeing that pecking order where I was like, all right, I need to catch up and eventually pass these guys. That's that's where my mind kind of switched where that's the one thing I love about basketball was something where I could step by step start seeing me gain on people, start getting better, start seeing the work that I'm putting in is paying off. Okay, now I'm a sophomore on JV. Oh, I'm a sophomore that sits up with the suits up with the varsity. Right. Junior year, somebody somebody gets hurt, so I get my opportunity. Senior year, I'm not getting division one offers. All my buddies, all my friends are, but it's like, you know, I'm just gonna keep working, keep working, keep working. Ended up going to the Wayne State, a division two first. Right. Went to Wayne State. And that was kind of the turning point for me. There's a lot of things in my life that kind of happened that senior year of high school that it just clicked. Like my father passed away, my aunt passed away. And right there, it was something that I don't want. It was something like a motivation or like I already was seeing myself. But when I went to that division two, I was like, I just turned it up another level. I was all I was away from family, away from friends. I don't know if we're going to get into all that, like my mental state at that time, but it was just. I mean, hey, man, uh, talk hey, what you want to talk it, about. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was a it was a flip that switched where it was like, <clears throat> I'm really good and I need to prove it to people. And if I'm not good, I need to work to make myself good. So yeah. people can believe. And I had like a chip on my shoulder, like I'm better than where I am, not disrespecting anything that was given to me at Division Two school or wherever. I felt like I was better. So I just kept working. And that kind of was a turning point my freshman year of college where. I, I started to actually believe I was good, like personally, mm. and put in the work to become good. That confidence came in. I started to see the results. And I, I joke with my friends a lot about it all the time. Uh, De La Salle, like we work so hard, we work so hard, we work so hard. We won the state championship. And I don't know if we didn't win that state championship. I don't know if it would have solidified my thoughts that the hard work, you see the results. You know, I don't know. You know, a lot of people say like, you work hard, you'll see the results in the end. You work hard, you'll see the results in the end. If we'd have lost in the state championship, I, I don't know if I'd have been the same player because that everything I put into that high school career, when we won the championship, it like answered the question. Like it, if you keep putting the work, it happens. You know, it's, it's, it, it gave me the results right there. Like I saw it, it was given. And not saying that losing wouldn't, but it was something like, all right, yeah, I see all those those running those hills and doing push-ups and coach yelling at us and all that, it pays off. And that kind of, I got that itch after that senior year going into my freshman year of college, which gave me that extra confidence, which gave me that belief in myself. And it took off from there. Ended up transferring because I knew I was a division one athlete and going to Warford and doing, making special things at Warford, you know, first time ever in the tournament as a team and blah, blah, blah. So all that, blah 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 it's all good you know just yeah but i i think that was the turning point like that in the that senior year championship to that freshman year that that six months it just kind of clicked for me out there yeah yeah so you're i mean i want to get in a little bit because i think that this is the kind of stuff that really hits people because so your father passed away like between that senior year and yeah so my my senior year of high school my father passed away before the a week before graduation. So between the, the graduate, between that and going to college. Okay. So my father, my father passed away. And then, you know, it was, as anybody losing a parent is difficult. So it was a tough time. It was kind of down, you know, you have the highs of graduating senior year, you know, it's prom and it's, we already were state champions. You're on top of the world. Then you lose somebody like the only person I knew that the strongest man in the world to me was gone. So it was kind of, I kind of became close to myself while everything around me is becoming positive. Jamar, you have a scholarship to go division two, you're a basketball player, you're a state championship. You know, the girls are loving you. Everything is up and up. 
but me, I kind of closed in. And mm. then another thing hit me was my auntie. She was my mother's sister. She basically was like another mother to me because she kind of raised us growing up. On the way to college, driving me to college, she had an asthma attack and passed away. Oh my goodness. So, yep, she had, she had an asthma attack in Nebraska, passed away. On her way, taking me. We stopped in the hotel at college and she passed away. She had an asthma attack, died two days later. I was done after that. It was back-to-back losses in my family. I was like, I'm not, what, what is college? What is basketball? It's not important. I'm going to go home to my mom, help my family, help raise my aunt's kids, my niece and my nephew, be my cousins. I'm going to do that, you know? Like, and I'm 17 years old at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, but I never forget my auntie telling me, like, your father, because my father had passed first. Your father wanted you to go to college. Your father wanted you to do this. Your father wanted you to do this for him. And then when she passed, I'm hearing it from everybody else. Your auntie was taking you to college because she wanted you to be this successful. You know, don't stop now. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me that, I don't want to say like that extra boost, but it was something personal inside of me that it was just like, I can't give up. Now, nothing, a coach, a, another opposing player, a teacher, a, a tough test, it's not hard to me anymore because I, the hardest things just have already happened to me at 17 in the past six months. You kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, was like, it, it was like, all right, I'm going to be mad that I'm not Division One. No, I'm going to have to go prove it. Like, I'm not right. saying that life – it's just, just life became – it opened up a, a bigger picture to me at 17. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I don't want to put – all the credit on that because it's such a negative thing in my like a negative thing that happened to my family but it obviously at that time it played a major role it played a major role so that kind of during that phase it kind of not saying I didn't work hard before it just kind of was like I have no excuses like my right. mom doesn't my mom doesn't have an excuse my brothers don't have an excuse my my cousins don't have an excuse so why would I make an excuse and that and I'm pretty sure that catapulted me to being an average player to okay, a pretty good player. And it just, on the court, you know, it just, it went like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like that's, I mean, you win the state championship, and then it sounds like that summer was obviously very difficult. And then there. you started to have, I feel like, I mean, you were 17, dude. You were young. I mean, young, it man. sounds like some, that's when, the, for the first time, you know, I want to talk to you about this later on, too, about, like, it seems like you got some depth to, like, what basketball means to you. And it seems like that was the yeah. first time. Yeah. If, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that the first time that you understand the depth of, like, you want to go out and do it not only for yourself, but also for others and just to go out there and be successful? Because, you know, like, that's kind of – you just saw life in a more holistic view. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, you know, as much as you can, I'm not saying – because I, I see it better now at 31 than I did at 17. So it wasn't – complete clear picture you know it was a lot of confusion at the time it was a lot of heartache a lot of pain a lot of mistakes I personally made just because you're grieving or things of that nature you're just not sure which route to go but in a sense it just oh it's this life is bigger than just this game like you know at 17 when the state championship is gotta go to the gym I gotta go lift weights I gotta go run I gotta you know and that hard work is similar but it was like I gotta have a different motivation of why I want to do this why mm-hmm. I want to be great why why am I playing this game? You know, why? Is it just because it's fun? Do I play the game because I just want the accolades? I just want to walk down the, you know, oh, you're a state championship, you know, oh, bravo, congratulations. Or is it something deeper? At 17, I didn't have the answers, but it was a process of finding that, you know, process of getting to that point, you know, so. Yeah. No, man, that's. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to get No, too- this is. <laughs> this is like, dude, this is, I mean, I know we haven't talked in a while, but this is like exactly the kind of stuff I want to talk about because, I mean, right. that's, I mean, in a very different way, like, that's the stuff I'm asking myself. I mean, everyone's got their own stories and their own way, I think, of getting right. to the point of asking yourself, like, why am I even doing any of this? And what does this yeah. mean to me? And I think the sooner you ask yourself those questions, like you said, like, the answers don't come right away. But when For you sure. ask, For when sure. you ask them, like you're getting closer and closer and closer and closer towards whether you want to call it purpose or the life you want or like clarity yeah. or and it's, whatever you and want it's to call diff- that. Um, it's different for everyone, but I think it's, yep. like that's a big point in everyone's life when they start asking themselves and, those questions. And it's very difficult, as you said beforehand, you know, it's, it's very difficult to even find those answers. You know, you may, 
it, like you said, it, it, it's unclear, but asking yourself leads you into that direction. I, I agree with you on that sense. And it's, it, it was tough. It was, it was tough. You know, then you get to this, like, do I really need, need to do this? Do I really like basketball? Do I love this or do I like it? Or is this the way it means? Cause you know, I didn't even bring up the part that me uh, with school and basketball, like school was, was easy to me, but it was honed on me and my family. Like gotta get a good education. You gotta go, go to college. You gotta, but school became, it was so easy to me. Basketball was the challenge. You know, I wasn't mm. the best player school. I could not, and I don't want to brag. I could not work and get straight A's. Like right. it was just, that's just, I was gifted in that sense at school. You know, some people it's the other way around. They have to work hard at it. Me, I wasn't, but basketball was that challenge for me. So it was me balancing like, all right, I'm going to use basketball for this education or do I need to use as education to help me with basketball? It was just a, it was a weird dynamic I had going on, you know, cause it was like, I don't want to settle, you know, I, it was, oh, you know, you're not getting recruited and you know, the basketball, you know, some guys go to junior college, you know, like to JUCO, a uh, two-year school to get re-recruited and go, and um, people are looking at me like, you're too bright to go to a junior college. Usually guys that go to a junior college are ones that can't pass ACTs and think or get in trouble. You're not a troublemaker and stuff like that. And it was just kind of a, a weird dynamic for me that I was trying to figure out, like, should I just focus on this education? Should I just focus on basketball? Or do I want to have find my perfect mix? You know, what's what's good for me? I don't necessarily need to go to Harvard to fulfill that education side, but I, I don't also need to play at Duke to feel that, you know, the, the basketball side. I can find my balance was, was right for me. No. Right. So what ended up being like, I mean, you decided to end up then going over to Wofford. So you ended up getting over to your D1 school. Yep. And then you decided to go play pro ball. So what was the – do you have some like those like reflection points when you decided like I want to go do this um, when you it said was, like this is going to be it it was kind of checkpoints that kept happening division two the comp like the, the confidence in myself it just kept I kept fulfilling my goals so to say it was I'm a division two player but I want to be the best player in the conference you know my first year I'm freshman of the year second year I was like all right I want to be I want to be the MVP but I end up being you know First team, all conference transfer, go to Wofford. Now it's another goal. Is all right. You say you're a Division One player. Let's prove it. Now you're not at Marquette. You're not at University of Minnesota. You're not. But you you come home now. You're in the summer. You're playing with your buddies who are Gophers. You're playing with your buddies who play it, and you're doing fine. So you got to actually prove that you're a Division One player because everybody remembers you as the third, fourth guy on the DSL championship team. Nobody really saw you at the Division Two and Wayne. Now you're Division One, and it's a small school at that at Wofford. It's not the University of Wisconsin. You're not, you know, you're not John Luer, let's say. You're not right. Jordan Taylor. These guys, these high, you know, high credential players. You got to go prove it. And it was kind of a. I set out one year at Wofford, and I got to watch. And Steph Curry was in our conference, and I got to see these guys. And I was like, well, I can play. I'm obviously not Steph Curry, but I'm like, I can play ball. <laughs> you know, like I can't wait to get out here and play. And checkpoint, junior year, I come. I'm the transfer that. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it, but I kind of went to my school as a package deal, me and my buddy, Cameron Rundles. Right. And, and we kind of went as a package deal. And the real story behind it is they wanted Cameron. They didn't want me. But Cameron said, if they want you, if you want me, you got to take Jamar. And they was like, okay. They took me. We ended up going there. I ended up being the man that they wanted. Coach talks about it all the time. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, I just found this diamond in the rope. I'm starting my junior year. This division two transfer. Nobody does it. You know, I right. come in starting, come and get all conference. We make it to the tournament. Small school, like one of the smallest schools in history to make it to March Madness. And you know, for our school, it's like that. Our, our goal wasn't to win the national championship. Right. Our goal is to make it to the tournament and maybe upset, win the game. And first year doing it, we do that. And it's like all these goals, all these checkpoints are getting hit for me. It's like I'm proving everything. Senior year. We're gonna do it again. We done it again. We did it again. Yes, so sir. everything was checked. So for me, it was like check, check, check. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. And whether that's the NBA, and that's everybody's goal at first. You know, it's like if it's the NBA or if it's overseas, I'm a professional. So I decided to give my shot at the NBA. It didn't. It didn't work. But I knew that's not a bio end all for me because I just wanted to make money. And boom, we ended up playing professionally overseas and. That's a whole nother story in the net. <laughs> <laughs> right. So everything Man. just kind of, everything kind of just checked. Cause I don't know 
looking back at it at my age now, if I would have had setbacks at that time, would it had haltered me and my, my my focus? I don't know. Now maybe the the death in my family that made it probably would have made it more streamlined. Maybe I would have went through those failures. Well, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know, because it was all everything that I was telling myself was happening because I felt like, oh, I'm doing the work. Oh, I'm a good student. I'm this, and it's just happening. My results are, and I don't, I don't know which tied into which, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, it played a piece of the puzzle, but it's always yeah. hard to kind of like make all those connections. Yeah. Um, nice. So wait, remind me your senior year, you, you guys play BYU. Didn't you guys play like Jimmer? Yeah. Yeah, you guys almost yeah, won. I remember yeah, me so, and my mom were watching that and we were like yeah. freaking out. We were like, you guys lost by like three, three points, like five points. So it, was it was actually, close, it was man. actually our, it was actually the junior year, the first year we played at University of Wisconsin, actually in the tournament. Oh, did we were, you? Uh, yep. We were, uh, oh, I'm remembering this now. Okay. We, no, we were a 13 seed. We were, they were a four seed. We were a 13 seed, I think, or something. Yeah. Like that. And, it's an ugly game. We're tied at halftime, and it's low scoring. You know how Wisconsin plays are not really the most high-scoring team. Nah, we're not, like not the prettiest. <laughs> yeah, and we're at uh, Wofford. We had three Minnesota guys on the team, and we're like, we know all these Wisconsin dudes. It's Minnesota high school kids or Wisconsin kids. Like we know these guys. These guys grew up with us. Like so, we felt like we had an edge, regardless if we're coming from a school where our biggest guy is six five. You know, we're like, it doesn't matter. Like Jordan Taylor. I played him in high school. I know this guy. You know, right. John Lure, John Lure, me and him were AAU teammates, and he was the little kid on my team. You know, like, stuff like that. So we had a, a inner confidence that we could beat him. Anyways, the game went down to the wire. Last possession shot. John Lure made it. We come down. Cameron Rundles turns the ball over, so we end up losing by two. Like, you know, uh-huh. we thought our Cinderella story was going to happen, and we lost the ball. It took out of so... We ended up losing to them. And then the next year we played Jimmer Fredette, the amazing scorer from BYU. And right. When this is the game, like, man, we're going to show him. Like, he's not all that. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's a talented <laughs> You know, he's, he's a talented guy. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything negative. He, he shot a lot of shots, but he's talented. So they ended up beating us. So, But for our school, you know, being the size that we had, the, it was more than success. You know, I go back, uh, go back to campus today. It's like, they still talk about us, you know, it's like right. the first guy to do it. So it's a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. So Bringing all back right. old memories. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember I remember, man. I remember watching those on my couch and I am pretty sure I had a photo of me and you, you know, I was like nine years <laughs> yeah. old in my room. <laughs> I was like, I know him. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. So uh all right, so now like geez, how many countries have you played ball in now? You've been gone to a few, right? <laughs> Yeah, so out of nine years, I've probably played. I can list them. I've played in Germany. I've played in Cyprus. I've played in Greece. These are the teams I played for, not necessarily the countries I've been to and played matches. So okay. I've played in Greece. I've played in Cyprus. I've played in Germany. I've played in Poland. I've played in a country called Latvia. i played in a country called Lit- uh, Lithuania. i played in a country called Kosovo. i played in, is that it? Mm, Kosovo, Cyprus, France now. I've been in France the last three years. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. Nope. Latvia, Lithuania. Oh, Romania. Romania. I played in Romania, too, for a year. So, yeah, I've been. Damn, man. You've been all around the world. (laughs) I've been all over Europe. All over Europe. Yeah. Stories for every place, man. (laughs) I was like, like, all right, this is going to be a loaded question, but, like, you got to give me one highlight. Like, what's been it? Just I mean, it can be on the court. I mean, maybe one on the court, one off the court, but I mean, you've been in Europe for, man, for so long. It's too many. It's too many highlights. <laughs> Is it too to, many? It's too many. Something, <laughs> man. We and some of them we can talk about off air. But uh, <laughs> one of one of the I think one of the highlights on the court professionally was uh, I want to say the championship. I won a championship in Cyprus for my team. You know, that would be the politically correct answer. That would be. Hey, it was a great feeling. It was. It was great. It was a but. The MVP year, a few years later, when I was in Lithuania, was probably one of the highlights of my career. Uh, it was on the court. It was a combination of great team, great guys. Me at a point in my career, physically, where I hadn't started to decline because of my age. And mentally, I was completely aware of what I was capable of, where I'm at. And it was just a combination of everything that 
allowed me to win such an award in a, in a great country for basketball. They're known for basketball in Europe over here. It's one of the top countries uh, level-wise in Europe. So, you know, it was an amazing accomplishment for me in my career. So that's one on the court. Off the court, mm, let's see, a highlight. <laughs> I can make the question a little bit more directed if you want me to. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, think, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. like, you know, I just like for me personally, right? Like I was born and raised in the Midwest, went to school yeah. in Wisconsin. And the first time I went for six months and lived in Southeast Asia, I just came back and I was just like, wow, like there is so much more to the world than I like oh, knew sure. in my own yeah. bubble. Um, yeah. So, like, has, has there been a few, like, big takeaways you've had just as far as, like, lessons learned? As, like, you've seen all these cultures. You've been to so many places. You've – and now you, like, compare that. Like, what were some – was there some big takeaways you had by just being, like, tossed into yeah. a completely new environment? And even now, you're living in France. Like, yeah. not everyone For speaks me, English. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. For me, it, I came into this playing professional basketball thing with the knowledge as me. You know, I was talking about balance and education and the sport. I said, if I'm going to do this – I need to get something out of me besides just the game. And it was me was embracing the cultures that I'm at. You know, a lot of guys come over here and they just come over here as, I want to say, like mercenary. They come over here hired. They're hired to just play the game. They don't care about what's going around. Me, I personally, myself, go about it differently. I try to interact with the people. I try to make friends in every country. I try to go, you know, I try to, I don't want to say celebrate holidays, but I, I usually end up with a family. Not now, but when I was younger. I go hang out with families that actually are from that country. And so I can actually learn a little bit more about the culture that's not in a book or not what I see on the news, you know, and maybe not even what I see on the street, just walking by, I'm actually embracing some, somebody's household or, you know, and being a professional basketball, that doesn't, uh, that's not common. So some right. big takeaways, you know, each culture, each country, you know, Germany is completely different than I say in Greece, you know, how they view things, but, I picked up little nuances throughout that it just, you know, it opened my eyes, like you said, to like being from Minnesota, being just in this, this bubble that, and I thought, I, I thought I was somewhat cultured. I don't want to use that word, but I thought I knew my, I went to school in no. South Carolina, you know, right. completely different than Minnesota. And that opened my eyes to things. And but that was still America, you know, you know, going to school in the South was completely going to a high school and do the sale, you know, going to school and, South Carolina was really different being an African-American man. You know, it was just, it was a little different. Now coming to Europe, I thought I knew a little bit of things, but man, it just showed me that the world is huge and it has so many different viewpoints. And, you know, you can't, I started to learn that, you know, people with different viewpoints aren't necessarily wrong. You know, it's nothing that you can disagree, you can, but you got to try to understand where they're coming from or why they are a certain way. And some of those things I took away in. Now I'm married. I'm married. I met a woman when I played basketball in Europe, my wife, and we have a child together as well. And oh, congrats, man. Yeah, thank you. I met her in Greece and uh, I met her in Cyprus, actually. And learning from her and her family and her culture and being around her and being, you know, being family. It's my family now. You know, I just learned so much. I can't even specifically pick out one thing. You know, it's just like, just the certain things that we may take for granted in America or not even take for granted. Maybe we just don't even have that viewpoint because I don't want to say the school system or TV or media, it's just not there. And, right. And coming from where she's from, such a small place, such a family oriented place that I started to learn so much. And, you know, each country brought me something, each place, each team, each, even the language barrier, you know, trying to go to a store and order, you know, get some food and, <laughs> And you let me like, ah, I'm trying to figure out what's chicken. And I remember the first time I, I think I was in Poland and I wanted some yogurt. I think I wanted some yogurt to eat, you know, some cereal or something. And I ended up buying like, I want to say sour cream or something. Like, I don't know, it was just the worst tasting thing ever. And I was just like, man, this is going to be tough because <laughs> I don't even know what I'm buying. I'm, it was just, you know, you know, I was 23 years old and it was right. shocked to me. But now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty cool at being over here so i'm used to it so yeah and i still learn something new every day you know even you know we have our protests in america for whatever certain things and you get here you start to learn like why they're protesting here in their country and some of the disputes they have with their leaders in office or you know even their holidays are different or even their their work like like here everything's closed on sunday in france and i'm like why like i want to 
do something on Sunday, but it's all closed because they cherish that. They have that value. Like Sunday, you don't work and they take breaks between 12 and three. You can't even really go to a restaurant at 12 to three because I'm like, that's well, when that's when I'm hungry. That's when I want lunch. Well, they all get a break. They all go home meet with their family or, you know, do certain things. So it's just little things like that that I picked up being over here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what you said about no one's like doing it wrong. Like it's not when you live in America, like we're not necessarily doing it wrong or like there's nope. no, they're not grateful for it. It's just like when you go to these places, you just get that new perspective. That just, I mean, it just yep. happens because everything's done yep. differently. And, and I like what you said about then it just kind of like makes you like ask questions like, Oh, why'd I do yep. it this way? Okay. Yep. Well, yep. that's different. Like which one do I like better? Which one exactly. would I want to create can, in my life? And yeah, you can formulate and take your own values and, pick and choose what you want instead of just knowing one way when you were back home in America, you know, you just kind of exactly do that. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, Sorry. I, I, I'm rambling. Up no, man, this is, uh, all over the place. this is why I'm here, man, to ask you questions and to let you <laughs> right. ramble. Right. Um, was there ever a point I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like in your, um, you know, you do, you, so do you come home for like, how often did you come home, I guess, when you were younger? Like, I'm just curious, there was a point where you were kind of like ready to ever call it quits and go back to the States or was there, was there never a point that got that severe? You just kind of kept going and kept making it yeah, work. Yeah, there was definitely, there was time. It was, you know, how I said that the, the check marks in college were always getting checked and from high school to state championship and then college, you know, check, check, check. And even in Europe, you know, no matter what statistically I do, I completed a successful year and year two was a successful year. I think it was year four year three or four in Poland after boo, 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 winning the championship and money increasing and, oh, you're the MVP of this league and blah, blah, blah. And everything's going great. I get to a team and boom, play the worst basketball of my career. And, and I end up getting cut, which is like, you know, in the NBA, they don't have, they don't really, you got guaranteed contracts. So you don't really get cut. Right. In Europe, is you can get cut. You know, you don't perform well, they can send you home. And after three or four months, they, we're like, you know, you're a great person, but we we don't we can't use your services anymore. And that kind of look, you know, at that time I had to self-reflect and it kind of hit me like, well, am I not good enough? You know, it was the first time somebody told me, or I, let's say I felt it actually, because people may have said or had their own opinion about me and that really didn't bother me because I, I valued myself on a different wavelength. Like I felt like I was an NBA player, even if I wasn't in the NBA. Cause I had my own, my own mental thing I do. But when they did that, it kind of set me back. And that failure, I was like, whoa, all right. And I went to another team and I went to another team and my, my numbers dropped and I didn't play well. And I didn't end up getting cut, but I just saw that whole year was just like a, say a down year, a waste. Right. And I went back to America that summer and I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I hit my peak, so to say. Like, maybe that's the highest level I can play. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm just going to, but maybe that's it. And that failure, I started when I came home. I had already kind of put in my mind that every summer, instead of doing basketball when I come, because, you know, you had to do camps when I was younger. But then right. when in college, after the pros, I stopped doing basketball. I started to try to take an internship or do something in a different field than basketball every summer just to see maybe what I would like, you know. So I'm going to play basketball as long as I do, but – Maybe I find something that I find an itch in. With that summer after getting cut, I got that internship with the intention of this is going to be my job. You know, this is something mm. that I like. I, I was doing financial advising. Uh, I was down at, not a financial advisor, an internship at a financial advising firm and, uh, called RBC in Minneapolis. And I was there and I met some great people, former basketball players. And I was just like, all right, I can do this. Like, I have a business acumen. I got my degree. Like, I'm good with people. Maybe I don't like it, but. I'm realistic. I need to prepare myself for life after, you know, and that failure kind of put me in the mindset of, I got to take this. Then I sat down with one of my mentors and, uh, you know, had to talk about it with like, you know, I think about retiring it's not really retiring if they cut you and you don't get another job. But I'm like, I'm thinking about giving it up. Right. And he looked at me, he's like, how old are you? And I was like, 25 at the time, I think, <laughs> 26. And he was like, do you still love the game? Like, and I was like, yeah, like at that time, he's like, I was like, yeah, like I, I think I, I think I still love it. Like I have a passion for it. He's like, you work out all the time. He's like, young fella, do whatever it is your passion is as long as you can, as long as you can, because you can always do something else later in life. 
you know, and you may not even live to see tomorrow. You don't know that. But do you like this job you're doing? If you like it, if you're passionate about it, go ahead, do it. But if basketball is what it is, ride that out. Now, he's, I mean, he was saying this with the intent, like, you do have to be realistic at one point, but right now is not the time. You know, you do have to be realistic when you have to take care of family. You, you have to whatever. But at this time in my life, he was like, w w he actually gave me a time frame. And he didn't mean it in a sense specifically, but he was like, you know, do it until you're 30, 31. You know, you don't have to have life figured out at that age. You don't, you're, you don't have any kids. You don't have any wife. You don't have, you have yourself. You have a decent amount of money from playing this game. Follow your passion. Follow your dream. And that, that's, that talk with him kind of was like a ref, refocused me like this maybe was just a setback and i've had setbacks before and i was like you know what let me attack this again so there has been times where in this doing this job where it was like ah, maybe i'm done that was for failure now i'm at the age where i honestly can tell you is some of the love has gone away because i start to you start to start to value more things. I'm married now. I have a, a, a one-year-old son. You know, for me, there's more important things now than staying in the gym for six hours and working on my jump shot. And right. it's not like I don't, don't watch NBA highlights or, but it's, it's a shift in focus. My priorities have shifted to, you know, and I'm okay with that. But, you know, go back to the timeline. There has been failures or setbacks where make me think like, I want to go home, you know, this, I'm away yeah. from Watch my little brother who was your age, you know, now he's 24, 25, you know, like, and I missed a lot of his growing up because for nine years I was overseas. I only come home in the summer. You know, my little cousins is, they're all graduated and now they're seniors in college. It's just like, life just goes so fast. Like you, you know, <laughs> yeah. I met you so long ago. Now you're running a podcast, 22, 23 years old. Like, just like that though, you know, it's just, just like that. So there has been no failures and setbacks that made me think about being done, but it's kind of a refocus, a reshape. And to be honest, it's just a personal thing within me. It's I'm, I'm good at questioning myself. Like, do I really want this? And if it's something I really want, I go for it. And with a lot of things in my life as of now, and that can change, but I'm not worried about when basketball is done because I know the next venture I'm going to attack it this in the same way. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all right, absolutely. All right. My passion may not best necessarily be towards, I don't know what to name a business, doing any, whatever, uh, financial advice. And that's it. You know, that may not necessarily be my passion and I may be looking for my passion, but my passion may be my family, like providing for my family, taking care of my, so I have to do what I have to do to support my family. And maybe while I'm doing this job, I find what, my new niche, but until then, it's kind of a transition phase for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I think that was that was a great story, and I I think that advice that guy gave you is too. I mean, that was it must have been huge for you. But every every person should hear that, right? Like if you're if you got that that longing still inside of you to follow that dream to keep doing it. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's you know realistic enough. Go ahead and go ahead and do it. And what's realistic for one person is different for another person, you know, and that's like what, at what extent, how uncomfortable can you be, you know, like, you know, how much, and I don't want to put a monetary value on anything, but how much money can you go without following your dreams? You know, some people can be to the last dollar chasing, chasing their dreams. And, you know, some people don't feel comfortable like that. Some people need a cushion. Some people, you know, and every person's, I don't think he was talking on that. It was more like for you, you know, you're still passionate about it. Chase it as long as you still have that passion. Basically, he said, until your body doesn't let you, until, you're, until you don't want to do it no more. Because then after you got, it's like you got 30 more years of working or doing what you want to do. You, you've been blessed to be able to play college basketball and March Madness and play professionally and do it, do it as long as you can. You yeah. know, as long as you want to. Right, right. You know. Yeah. necessarily and i think that was big it was kind of me i i don't want to say i know because it's not the end for me but i'm pretty more gonna i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be done before they tell me they don't want me anymore you get what i'm saying like i'm right. gonna be out i'll be out this game before they say all right 
we don't we don't want your services anymore. So, <laughs> right, right. So uh, looking back at it, I mean, it sounds like you consider your basketball career a success. I mean, a hundred percent, and it's still it's still a still going on. I'm still building on it, but right for me, man, this game has brought me some of my best friends. Some of my brought me my wife, brought me my child. You know, some of yeah. my best some of my best experiences just because of this ball you know like the people i've met and 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 i've met them through basketball or they may have met me through basketball but our relationship goes beyond basketball you know it's they may have encountered me and through my summer league or something like that that i run you know in minneapolis and yeah. they may have met and opportunities come from that or you know some of my best friends from college i'm only at that college because of basketball you know right right our, our relationship our relationship is not about basketball but i'm there because of the game so, yeah. you know, the game is, it's definitely a, a success. Like I'm not going well, I've been playing nine years and going to hopefully it's a 10th year. It's just everything that's come looking back on it has been great. Yeah. yeah. Man. I mean, I know you're playing professionally, but I, I remember too, like when I was, when I was overseas and just playing for fun, I thought yeah. it was so beautiful how, you know, I was, so I would have been like in Lumpini Park, like middle of Thailand, like middle of Bangkok, huge city. Yeah. I go up to a park and there's a bunch of Thai kids there and we just start playing hoops. We just start playing yes. and, we start, and all of a sudden, like two and a half hours later, we like, you know, say hi, like we can't always speak each other's language that well, but there's like just this awesome, you know, we can just sit and hang out. And I'm like, damn, like what else besides like a sport or like a ball? Could you yeah. just like... There's something just beautiful about it. How you can go anywhere in the world and everybody understands the language of like putting the ball in the hoop, like you said. Like something it's, about that is is it, I think beautiful. And it's you know, me it's uh, the game is I'll give you a, a short story of um, being in Romania uh one year, being in Romania and a, a girl's family, she had never seen basketball. She only had seen football or soccer as they call it. I mean, as we call it. <laughs> and she's only seen soccer and we ended up uh, she ended up going to a game and played a good game, whatever, whatever. I didn't even, I don't think I've scored maybe four points, but I was just being myself, let's say. After the game, her mother comes up to me and broken English is telling me like, my daughter loves you. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, why? You know, I'm thinking like, all right, whatever. You know, it's a kid and I'm happy for the kid. But then a translator explained it to me. She was telling, she was basically the joy on my face on the court brought joy to the girl who had never, like she had never seen somebody so happy doing something. And I was like, I was just being myself, maybe cracking jokes, having fun. Right. And ended up, ended up, you know, giving her an autograph, taking picture with her. And this is, this is six years ago. We're still in contact today. You know, she's a little old. She might be, she's like similar to you, let's say. Like, yeah. you know, you, I don't know how old you were at the time. You were 11 or 12. Right. And we had a connection at Mark Matson camp. And it's through the game. And 12 years down the road, we can still have a conversation, still have a connection. You know, with, with me and her, it was, she, she, I just, I just, I, don't, I can picture her face because she could not speak any English. She was just so happy, like genuinely happy. And I was like, it's because of this ball? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I brought, and, that, and like you said, a sport, definitely, it's not many things in this world that can do that besides sport. You yeah, know, it brings people joy, it brings the competitiveness, the camaraderie, the teamwork, the wins and losses, failures, hard work, all all the cliche stuff is it's right. really true. It, it is true. Yeah. Man, yeah, I was going to ask what basketball taught you, but I don't have to because it sounds like everything. It sounds yeah. like yeah, but basketball I, I, teaches I, I, you everything. I, I, <laughs> yeah, basketball taught me. Basketball <laughs> taught me a lot, and it, it's, it's still teaching me, you know. It's still yeah. teaching me. It's, and and sometimes it's not necessary. And when I say basketball, it's not the actual game. You know, it's right. not the actual yeah. X and O's. It's the like dealing with relation, like dealing with people. Like I'm I'm learning constantly through the game. You know, I have for my team now. For example, I have a a first year guy on my team. You know, and I remember me being the first year player in Europe and head lost. And now I'm the old guy, the veteran. I'm the captain on the team. Like bringing him along under my wing just about living in Europe, let alone how to score 30 points. Like That's not important. Like, it's this life, this how to have fun, how to get food, what to eat. 
you know, he's been in, you know, he don't, he's been in college where he's cafeteria food. Now he's got to prepare his own meal. He don't know how to, you know, just, and this all comes from, I'm here with him because of the basketball, but it starts to shape into life, life stuff sometimes, you know, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, man. Taking yep. on that, that mentorship role. Yeah, there was, there was I'm the a old guy. <laughs> I'm the old guy now. Still, still young, man. There was <laughs> one, uh, you know you know any Minnesota guys out in France? Because there was this dude that I just met this summer named uh, Moo. He just moved out to France. Yeah, I know Big Moo. Oh, you know him? All right, yep. cool. I didn't yep. know. I was like, that's yep. no way that he's on your team. But I was just got had to yeah, ask. Yeah, no, 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 no. Big Moo is uh, he's down in uh, he because he he reached out to me before he went to France. You know, a lot of guys reached out to me. And other players, not just me, but he reached out to me as well because he asked me questions about what to expect going into France and, you know, the living conditions and, you know, just a guy who's done it before you reach out to somebody who's done it before. And right. he yeah. reached out to me and, yep, I know Mu. I know him. He plays in my summer league, the Twin Cities program. So I met him through that and stayed in contact and he's doing well. He's doing, I think he's back in Minnesota now, actually, around the holidays, but he was out here in France, yeah. Cool. Small yeah, world uh, is back in the world. Isn't it, man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me about the um, the pro am. Uh, what what was it that kind of like called you like to go restart that and kind of be the founder of that and and kind of plant some some seeds in your hometown again? Yeah, it was it was growing. It was there when I was younger. You know, it was an opportunity right. for guys in the summer, NBA, college, high school. I mean, any level basketball player basically a chance to play in, work on their game. And for me, when I had came back and it was gone, you know, I said. I can do this, you know. I have done all these internships. I, it kind of was gave me something to do that I wanted to because people, one, people were asking me a lot of questions about, you know, this, this high school kid at Maranatha or wherever, what school? And I would say I have no idea. And, the, and that's because halfway of the time, I'm halfway across the world. But also, I was like, there's no pro-am because if there's a pro-am, this kid would be in my league or in the league. You interact because when I was younger and you don't know these guys maybe but you know for me it was I'm going against Khalid Elamine. Like oh yeah no I, yeah. I and I'm pretty sure I watched you at that uh <laughs> that was that Salvation Army gym. Yeah, Salvation, yeah Salvation I think I came Army. and me and my grandpa came <laughs> yeah. watch you and Cameron play against yeah. and who else there yeah. was uh that uh dude from Bakwe Trevor Mbakwe yep, was Trevor out there. Mbakwe, yep. he was yeah I, I remember I remember yeah <laughs> yep so we're so we're like the young guys going against the these are the the pros, the NBA guys, the guys that are, you know, in my position or even high, way higher now, you know. But right. I, we got that chance to compete against them, or to learn from them, to pick their brain, ask them questions about maybe college decisions overseas, about even stuff to do with, like, you making money in Europe. Like, how do you get it home? Do you leave it in Europe? What's ways to do that? Or even guys on higher levels, the NBA stuff. Like, it was all a melting pot for the Minnesota basketball community, and it was gone. And I was like, I can do this. I know all the players, not necessarily, necessarily like the young guys, but I have connections with all the guys. Let me just get a facility. Let me get the NCAA involved. Let me get the NBA involved and make this happen. And it gave me, it gave me, it was like a goal, like a, something I told myself that, all right, let me see if I can do this. I know I can do it. And I did it. You know, it wasn't like, it was difficult, but it was something like I told you before, when I put my mind to something, I'm kind of not worried because I'm going to go make it happen. And, yeah, right. and, and that was the main goal was bring the community, the Minnesota basketball community together for, for free, for fan. You know, you can come watch the, the next high school star go against the gopher, the, the new gopher that's a pro or a good guy, you know, a good player, whatever. Just a, bunch yeah. of, a unique opportunity in the summer. You just, there's not many chances where, you know, kids that's like I said the last couple summers where Tyus is within hands reach of them you know right. you know you can just touch Tyus Jones who's at the time a Minnesota Timberwolf you know right and that doesn't happen in many places you know you gotta pay a thousand dollars to get course I see that NBA, you know <laughs> yeah. maybe even more the college et cetera et cetera so I just wanted to have that opportunity in a laid-back environment and bring one for the players to do this and one for the fans you know? so and oh, me personally sure. something to just like, like just check off the list like i can do this like all right just sure. let me make it happen you know For sure yeah 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 it's a unique environment where you can i mean like you said like you got people who are 
young elementary school kids to like yeah. old grandparents who just want to yeah, all be there to watch some good basketball. And, basketball. It was, I get emails. All those social barriers are kind of down in that gym. I yeah, feel like. it's not. A, a, you, people ask me, you know, I've had opportunities with sponsors and they try to figure out what the demographic is and, you know, who are they pitching to and when. It's like you literally can have a five year old walk in here or a 95 year old. <laughs> right. and, and, and one can be from the inner city of Minneapolis, you know, and one can be from. Matamidi or up north or you know Duluth or who knows like all over and I was like honestly <laughs> you know that's what we wanted that's that's Minnesota though you know that's right. especially in the basketball in basketball community so I was just like that's Minnesota and just gave us a small a small location a small place to for that to happen and it was something that I wanted to do and you know watch it grow and you know I'm getting older so I'm not old let me stop saying that <laughs> something, that I, something that I wanted to accomplish because I felt like I could, you know. Right. And and yeah. another another thing where I try to get the check off, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead because it sounds like you're taking a step at a time. But you know, is there some of those deeper callings you're starting to recognize as like your basketball career might come to an end? I mean, I, you seem like you're passionate yeah. about community, about leadership, like. Some For of those sure. things that are on your mind that you're thinking about. Yeah. All right, like these yeah. are some things, you know, now I got the rest of my life. Like you said, you're young. You got like a lot of years to go. <laughs> some of the things yeah. you've been thinking about. Yeah, for sure. It's it definitely with the birth of my child as well as starting this league. It, it opened and had made me start thinking about these things. And some of them as well as is, is the community. You know, I initially, let's say when I was, 24 23 it was about putting money in my pocket like whatever job it is to make money i'm trying to make money i just want to make i want to make this cash like be a millionaire and uh, do what i want and now i still want to make a decent amount of money but for me is i want to be doing it something i enjoy and something that's helping others in a sense and you know i, I talked about that financial advising job and the biggest downfall for me is uh, I don't knock anybody who does it. It's a career, a successful career. I didn't like it because in my mind, how I viewed it, which is not the truth, but how I viewed it was it is a service to people, but I, I didn't like the fact that no matter what I did with your money, I'm making money. If I made you money or I lost you money because of how the market works or whatever, I'm making money. Right. And me, I didn't like that part of it. I didn't know if I don't, maybe there is different type of advisors and different type of things that, you know, if I make you money, I take this amount. If you don't make any money, I don't take any money. I don't know that part. Right. I was, in it, I, was, I was like that. The community part of it was the Twin Cities program. When I started it and I started seeing the youth, I was like, and speaking of athletes, we're so connected with so many different people that we just got to put our hands out and touch them. You know, like we can give back to them. We can, do some so there's things in the works that I'm not fully finished with yet, but right. some things, you know, certain camps that we're doing and certain certain combination with the school we're trying to get going where with the school and the students and it's kind of a, a full year thing that we're trying to do with the league and some school systems and stuff like that. But cool. me, it's still it's it's a balance where I'm trying to find a way to my priority is my family. Honestly, you know, right. having an infant son. It, changed my life it just it's like okay so this is my my focus my goal you know trying to teach him words trying to watch him grow trying to so that's number one and in yeah. that process it's like the giving the caring and the teaching part of it i don't i, I love the game i don't necessarily think i'll i'll always be a part of it let's say watching highlights or talking sports at a bar or you know, I love the game, but I don't necessarily talk about your glory work. days. <laughs> yeah, talk about man, we should have beat Wisconsin if you didn't the ball. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I'm gonna do that, but I necessarily don't think I. I don't think I would work in it. If you want to say like coaching or, mm. you know, maybe, maybe teaching some way, being a part of it in that sense. But I don't want to coach. I don't want to. I maybe want to. I might want to be on the business side of it. Let's say. You know, something along the lines of, you know, the general manager or scouting or something. I don't want to be so hands on with the game, you know, but I've yeah. started to have those conversations, you know, 
with myself personally, but not saying it's far away. It's, you know, you're saying many, many years, but it's, I've dabbled in it. You know, I've yeah. dabbled, yeah. I've, I had the thoughts in, for me personally, those decisions changed within a year because my wife got pregnant and had a kid. Because before that, it was just, first it was just me. Then it was me and her. Now it's me, her, and a child. So those decisions that I make involve all of them. Right. And and, and certain things make certain the pathway that I wanted to go maybe have to shift a little bit because of my family situation. So that's all a process going along the line. Right, right. Yeah, man. Good stuff. You think you'll end up back in Minnesota? You think you'll be over there in Europe for a while? (laughs) (laughs) You don't know yet. Minnesota is cold, man. Dude, why do you think I'm wearing this hat and uh, layers? <laughs> and it's like negative two I, degrees I outside the, today. Man, the weather app, I, I check it out. You know, for me, my business, my my connections, the it's easier in Minnesota. Let's say, you know, right. the transition, right. the transition out will be a little easier. Let's say in Minnesota or South Carolina, where I went to college, where I went to university, just because right. of my network. That's where my network is. Let's say. Yeah. And the thing about Europe is, I, I do enjoy it most the things and the only thing I necessarily do here is the basketball is basketball. So I haven't dabbled in the business stuff here. I haven't showed another side. So I don't know how comfortable I would feel trying to transition in that sense here in Europe. Right. But my wife is from here and I feel comfortable where she's from in Cyprus. So there is that opportunity. Let's go back to Minnesota. I don't know. Minnesota's cold. So (laughs) (laughs) I've, I don't. I'm not Minnesota summer. Anybody. Minnesota summer, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I'm yeah. back most this summer. I, I'm back most of the summer. You know, this year I wasn't back as much. Maybe two weeks I was home in Minnesota. So I was in the Philippines for a while. I was in Cyprus and Greece. I I was all over. So I I, I try to. I don't want to say avoid Minnesota. Just as long as I'm there, not in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. feel you, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll wrap up with a few more questions and I'll let you, I'll yeah. let you get off the back. Cause I know it's, it's late for you, but, um, yeah, I'll say as you're looking back at your, at your young life now as our, as our new, our new lingo here talking about yep. how you're young, uh, you know, I always ask this question to people, but just like everyone's got their own different answers. So I'm always curious, like, you know, you went through a lot of life experiences already. And, uh, what are some of those things that you know right now? Like the most important things to you that just like to make you a happy man to like give you a good life. Like, what are some of those most important things that you feel like you need in your life to just, just be happy, find joy? Most important things like to find joy for me. What I, what I've learned for myself is, is the, the, the discipline, the, the discipline to understand that you are not completely in control of your, your, your fate, but you have a, you have the the biggest input in it. You know, you have, you know, life circumstances may put you behind a hundred steps, but you are in control of how many steps you go forward. You know, like you are in control of how many steps you take. And I try to like not let life circumstances of deaths, poverty, education, whatever. I try to understand that we all come from unique situations, but you have the ability to go forward and you, and it may not be to the level of somebody else, but for where you started, as long as you're going forward and you're happy with where you are, that's good enough. And one of those things for me is that's how I was able to value my, my success. Let's say is I had to, and early on, I had to not compare myself to, what others are doing or where they are or how much they have or what they got. It's looking at me and where my journey is taking me and the steps that I have. I'm, I'm happy. And it's, I'm still going and I say, it's not finished, you know, but it's, I'm content with that. And that gives me joy. And it doesn't, I don't get, I don't knock on, but I haven't, I don't be depressed. I don't look down. I don't regret. It's, I think because of, understand it like it's me in control of this like I mean the simplest fact of even like being angry at people you're in control of no matter what somebody does to how angry you get you know and I'm talking we haven't brought up that stuff but that's just other things that I learned in life like I'm in control of 
my feelings, my emotions, my how I, not necessarily how I feel, or how, but how I'm going to react to it and what I'm going to do. So I'm in control. And that's kind of what I take back. Like one of those things is everybody's life is different. Everybody comes from different backgrounds, different experiences, different cultures, different, million different things. But you're in control of how many steps you can take for you personally. You know, you may have help along the way, but you, you're in control of your steps. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. Well, if any, uh, if any young hoopers or anyone who's listening to this that maybe <laughs> wants to like, you know, hit you up or look into like just the stuff you've done, like, can I toss like your IG in the bio or just like something that people can maybe like yeah, uh, reach out? I mean, yeah, yeah man. you can go ahead. The, the IG is, the IG is, is okay. There's JDX5. <laughs> or yes, email, that's fine. Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the IG is fine. Uh, I really don't post, you know, what I got going on. It's right. more, you know, it's more of a few basketball pitches here and there and my family here and there. You know, it's not behind the scenes business grind or anything <laughs> like that. So, I don't, you know, right. my email, you can put my email, my IG, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I'm not a, a hard guy to get a hold of. Uh, social media is probably the best way. Just, you know, you cool. reach out to me, you, you reach out to me on social media and boom, doing a podcast. So you know, social media is probably the, the best way and, you know, Offer me to have a coffee and we can talk and <laughs> pick my brain and we can go from there. That's the, that's really the best way, you know. Right. So yeah, but man. you always can reach out because you know any social media is probably the best way. Just keep it that day. So you can put my IG out there, man. So cool, man. Cool. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you saying yes, man. It was fun talking and catching up and uh, learning more about your life. I appreciate you giving me story, this platform. Man. I appreciate you giving this platform. Hopefully, you know, I've learned something from you just talking a little bit, you know, and. Hopefully we stay in touch and hope the, the best for you. And you need anything for me along the lines of whatever it is, if I'm able to help, let me know. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Live an Extraordinary Life. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jamar Diggs. I hope that his story taught you something. Whether you took the lessons about persevering through failure or what it's like to live in new countries or what it's like to balance work and relationships and the real life, Um, I hope that some part of it resonated with you and I hope that you can take it forward and it will make your life a little bit better as well. So as always, people, go live an extraordinary life.